Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. Today we're talking with Steve Runkle, who is working for ADT uh, Commercial, and he is a general manager for them. Uh, Steve, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And I really appreciate you coming in. And so tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me where you started. Uh, go. Go back. Go back to the beginning. To the. To the where we were kind of briefly talking before. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. Um, got out of high school and uh, my dad was pretty adamant that I that I do something either go in the military go to college mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had a crush on a, a girl so I decided uh, that I better f- try to follow follow her and of course that didn't uh, that didn't work out but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to ITT tech got a degree mm-hmm. in uh, electronic engineering okay. and I was in their career center just about ready to graduate mm-hmm. and a job opportunity popped up and I thought it just kind of sounded cool yeah. And at the time, <clears throat> excuse me, around, uh, what was it now, 22, 23 years ago, um, you know, 16 bucks an hour was decent decent money for, really good, for yeah. a 20-year-old uh, guy and had just uh, started out or was just about ready to have a family. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of cool. And I was going to get to still kind of work with my hands. And I, I enjoyed that aspect of it, or I thought I would enjoy that aspect sure. of it. Uh, got, the, got the job at a place called PacWest Security, a really small mom and pop outfit. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, they were in Woodburn, you said? Yeah, they were in Woodburn, Oregon. Nice. And uh, as I was uh, working for that company, I, I slowly realized um, through obviously getting out there and, and, and working with people that you needed to actually have a license to do <laughs> the type of work. <laughs> who who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> so, but I really liked it. Um, and so I started kind of looking around at companies in the area mm-hmm. that uh, would obviously potentially give me that opportunity to get my license, get in the apprenticeship program, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I... Uh, was out uh, driving around one day and drove by a company called Selectron that mm-hmm. I that I'd heard about, and I walked in the door and said, "Hey, I'm Steve Runkle. I'm interested to come in and work for you guys." And uh, a guy named Mike Koblen, mm-hmm. uh, very well known uh, salesman, and I think just a mentor of mine, but a well well known person in the industry, just happened to stroll out of his office. He was the president of the company at the time. Okay. Um, got to chat with him a little bit, and uh, he said, well, give me your phone number, and uh, maybe we'll give you a call. <clears throat> About two weeks went by, and I, I thought that nothing nothing of it. And all of a sudden, and this goes back again to the answering machine days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we didn't have cell phones, no, folks. Nobody, and, the, and, the thir- and the third voice in the studio, by the way, is, is Gage, my co-host Gage. So. Sneaky. Here he is. I'm sorry. Uh, so should in, in, earlier. Engage wasn't Gage wasn't born yet. What? Or he'd maybe no, just I, been. Actually, no. You had, <laughs> you had been born. That's a whole whole other story. But just just barely. Was he still in diapers? Um, <laughs> so Gage. so I got a call. Uh, went in uh, for the interview. Got the job at Selectron and mm-hmm. uh, you know got into the apprenticeship program. Now, now Selectron's an access control company. Primarily. Access control and video. I would say in the Portland area um, that they were cutting edge as far as that goes. But you, but at PacWest you were doing you were doing more. 
camera time? Yeah, I started out uh, installing cameras, actually the, the cameras in the ATM machines. So, so I, everybody, now, now you know there are cameras in the ATM machines. <laughs> so, so, the, so you actually would change out the cameras in the ATMs and, that's right. and do some security functions in Yeah, there. program them into the, at the time, the, the uh, VCRs, right? They, you had the matrix switches with the VCRs. You're, you're dating and, yourself. I know it's difficult. All the kids it? are going. What? What the hell's a VCR? Yeah, I'm seasoned. <laughs> I'm seasoned. <laughs> Me too. So okay, so you did so you did security, and then you went to to the access control with. Yeah, we at PacWest we did a little bit of burglar alarm stuff. I got a little bit of a feel for that, um, but mainly it was video. So when I moved into Selectron, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because I thought I just loved access control. I loved relay logic, all mm -hmm. the different things associated with it. Um, and they were one of the biggest players in the Portland metro area. Had a lot of the <clears throat> larger clients at the time: the Nikes, the Mentor Graphics, a lot of the hospitals. And nice. So it was a great uh, Nikes. That small little shoe concern. I, you, right? You've heard yeah, of them? Heard of those? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They uh, they might make something of them. Themselves. They might make <laughs> something of themselves someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they get as big as the Half Watt podcast, <laughs> you might know this company called Nike. Uh, yes, exactly. So yeah, no. That's I, I started off there and just worked my way through the apprenticeship program mm -hmm. um and uh you know when we first started talking i mm -hmm. i you know those are some of my my fondest memories of nice. uh you know this my career was actually being a tech and uh working on the large access control jobs i was fortunate enough to be a part of the salmon creek hospital for legacy from oh, the ground nice, up, yeah. southwest washington medical center tower mm -hmm. in uh vancouver and just some uh, you know what i still so, think so are, are you licensed in both oregon and washington <clears throat> yeah i am i you know, and for anybody listening, and this is obvious, this should be obvious, but uh, when I got my Oregon license, and when I went through it, it was a it was a four year apprenticeship program. Okay. And I did go to Clackamas, which I assume, I believe that's still where it's at now. Yeah. Um, I think there's a guy. I wonder if he's still around named Grant. Something. Yeah. Is Grant still? Yeah, Grant's still around. You're kidding me. No, no, he's he, matter of fact, he and Good I, for him. he and I teach. Good for him. He teaches. He still teaches the audio stuff. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, he's he's uh, good. Good for him. Yeah, he was a, he was a, a big player in the back back mm -hmm. then even. So, uh, but yeah, it was a four year program. I took my organ test. I I got lucky. I passed it the first time. Mm -hmm. I immediately went in and uh, I took my Washington test as soon as I could. And and back then you had to take it all at once. There was no you know. Yeah. Was, and I again I got lucky and and passed that. So it was and I wanted to because. You know, uh, you have to pay Oregon State tax, right? When you're working in Oregon, so yeah, if you, you get sure an opportunity do. to work in Washington, you're marking those days down <laughs> left and right. So uh, yeah, so I w I'm dual licensed, uh, uh, which is still nice to have and something you don't ever want to let go of, in my opinion. Once you, once yeah, you no, you, and and that, and I like the, the the Washington test. The uh, what blew me away about the Washington test was how well written the WAC and RCW stuff was. They yeah. they they I did not think you could actually write as many questions on WAC and RCW as you could. And now WAC is Washington Administrative Code and mm -hmm. RCW is Revised Code of Washington. Uh, that was jaw-dropping that they could actually you know, have that many questions and they were well-written. Like yeah, it, was, it was pretty well done. There was probably 20 or 25 of them, I, yeah. I recall. I mean, yeah. again, it's been a while, but uh, yeah. I like that. So, uh, so you had all these, these, these tiny clients like, like Nike and Legacy and all those other. So, how long did you work uh, at uh, at Selectron? So, <clears throat> I want to say Selectron. I, I 
so for me, it's kind of all been one company. It's just because mm-hmm. it, it's we've been acquired a few times, but a lot of the same people that end up leading those companies. So Selectron, I want to say, was seven to eight years before mm-hmm. Aronson Security Group, which was a partner company of ours up in Seattle. Purchased. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So, so Aronson Security Group is owned hey, by Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> owned by Phil Aronson, right? Okay. Um, and they were a partner company of ours, and we worked. And that's kind of one of our models is we had lots of good subcontract partners, so which mm-hmm. allowed us to do work all around the all, all around the country. Okay. Um, and so, it came to came to fruition that the, Dave Stoner at the time, who was the owner of Selectron, uh, wanted to sell the company. Uh, Phil Aronson uh, liked the idea of it. They were already partners. Mm -hmm. uh, Phil really liked Robert Flynn, uh, who was the operations manager and leader at Selectron, essentially ran the day-to-day. Wow. You have a really uh, good memory, man. You're just pulling these things out like that. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it was a a good marriage. Ended up being a really good uh, uh, acquisition and just a, a good group of people that merged and actually built a really cool company at, uh, at ASG, which, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, thereafter was, which was purchased by ADT commercial. Nice. So, so now you work for ADT commercial. Yeah. Yeah. I work and, for ADT and commercial you now. were explaining that there was, that there was a, a kind of a gathering of other companies in there. So protection one. Yep. And protech and protech. Yep. So, so for, for folks that, for folks that have worked in Portland a while, Protech is a name that we all know. Protection yep. One's a name we all know. Matter of fact, I, when I worked for for performance, Protection One was on the far end of our building, and then okay. eventually they moved out, and then we took over that space. So, but yeah, Protection One is uh, uh, they've been around a long time too. They they have yeah. they have yeah so. Um, I don't know if we're at that part where we talk about, you know, where we're at now. We're or, at whatever part you want. Well, I didn't know if we wanted to go back to do uh, it. <laughs> So yeah, I just started at Selectron as a technician, and then I just ended up uh, deciding that I wanted to move into more of a project manager role within, okay. within the company. And they had a role opened up for what uh, they created called QRT, for mm-hmm. Quick Response Team. And really what it was, was small projects, mm-hmm. but that role would handle <clears throat> what I would call captured clients, so a client that you're, that is, is captured. It's it's a client that you that uh, you have, and you're not. They're not bidding you out every two seconds. It's they. Oh, work. they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so a, more of a captured account, a, a customer that you have a relationship with. That's mm-hmm. another way maybe of, of putting it. But you uh, would handle the initial uh, proposal estimate. You'd meet the client, create mm-hmm. the design, um, and if it turned into an actual project, if they cut you a purchase order. Um, you would actually manage the job as well. So it was a role that really had to be oh, pretty so you, multifaceted, so you took it, right? you took it from the beginning? Yeah. So yeah. The, so I want to I want to emphasize this to to some of the company other companies that are out there. So you took it from from the initial hi, you know, you're you're a client and you want to change access control let's say all the way to the to the end. That's correct. I yeah. like that. Cuz cuz honestly <clears throat> when you change it in in my experience when we go from this discipline and we hand this package over to this person who hands this package over to this person, bits get lost. 100% correct, yeah. It's just really, uh, 
how do I say that? I don't want to sound, uh, say this and sound uh, like I'm special, but it's it's a hard skill set to find where somebody mm-hmm. can actually field all those different roles, right? That's why there is a subject matter oh. expert in sales. So that's why there is a, a SME right. in estimating. Same within project management. Those are all professional disciplines. <clears throat> and um, it, it is hard to find somebody that can do all those well. But I agree with you simply mm-hmm. because of all the partnerships that I worked with folks around the country. I always appreciated it when I would reach out to a subcontractor to do work. Mm-hmm. If that person was involved from the time we went through the design and sale, also through the, also through to the project management piece, mm-hmm. yeah, because, because, they're, because point, they're ultimately familiar with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that and that and that is uh, that is I don't mean to interrupt your your flow, but no. that is that is really critical because because yeah. I beat my head against a wall. And, and have been in positions like that, but they weren't official. Mm-hmm. Where I had a client that that I was, you know, uh, that I was very fond of. They had followed me, or, or I had worked at with a couple of different companies. And so when they called and said, you know, hey, I I, I, I called your dispatcher, and your dispatcher says we're, you're you're a week and a half out, and and this problem exists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gotta I gotta grab my tools. Which <clears throat> as a manager uh, doesn't fly well with other managers when you're going like I, you know. I appreciate these meetings and all that, but I got to go. Right. You know, my client needs me, yep. and 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 being client facing and and taking care of your client, they're the ones that are bringing the the the, the beans on the table. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And 100%. so that has to be the primary. And when your when your focus gets a little <clears throat> bit backwards, there, mm-hmm. you know, it can screw things up in the company. But at the same point in time, when you're client facing, your you you know your your clients don't care. They all they see is when they pick up the phone, something happens, and that's what they want. And so Absolutely. you were saying that 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 technique <clears throat> yeah, kind of worked it, with that. It worked really well. Um, it just like I say to so that for it to scale across an organization mm-hmm. to because let's face it, the industry that we're all in, whether it be access control, video, fire, <clears throat> it's a niche industry still. Sure, it yeah. really is such a niche industry, so it's so hard to find, uh, based on my experience at least, really qualified people. And I think a lot of the customers out there would, would speak to that. So that role's a hard one to find. It mm-hmm. exists. There's definitely people that that facilitate that role across all of you know all all, all across the country, but for it to scale in an organization to have. Uh, a lot of those skill sets just laying around is is, is pretty difficult. So, so how did so you, so you developed those? So, so you you went into that that sort of a of a model, yep. I would say. Yep. How did that work out? What what was your tell, <clears throat> yeah? Tell it's me some interesting. Of that. So the, what ended up happening was I did that role for about a year. And mm-hmm. I, I, true story, when I when I first went into that role from being a technician, and this seems crazy now because of the era that we're in, but I had uh, I had I had typing skills. Mm-hmm from that I had acquired from just basic high school classes, but I had never sent an email. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually have an email that I sent to a colleague. My first got on, it was, you know, my Yahoo account. And I I said, I'm on the internet. You know, I had sent an email. I didn't know how to do it. And really it was just kind of trial by fire. Um, but after that first year and, you know, through that OJT, that on, on the job training, you kind of have, uh, you're either sink or swim. And so I, I went through that first year, kind of uh, beefed up my office skills, um, and got that experience dealing with uh, clients at a different, from a different perspective, a different mm-hmm. lens than I had as a technician, but still pr- made sure you know you got to be customer focused, right? If you mm-hmm. take care of the customer, everything else will will take care of itself usually. Usually, <laughs> and so I've been I doing know, that. I like how we both added usually. <laughs> <laughs> if you, so I I did that role for about a year, and I remember. Um, 
couple colleagues. So again, Mike Mike Koblen, uh, three colleagues, Mike Koblen, Robert Burley, and, and and Robert Flynn pulled me into the office, and I said, "Oh God, what did I do?" Uh, these you know the big guys are calling me into the, into the office, and they asked me if I wanted to. to uh, they wanted me to take over Mentor Graphics, mm-hmm. um, that account, and and Nike. And I was like, I, you know, it was pretty overwhelming at the time. And I, I want to say I was 26, 27. Wow. And uh, that was, that was, you know, I, I hadn't been doing what I was doing for that long. Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, they, they thought I could, you know, could do it. And, um, and so I moved into what they called an account manager role, which morphed into what they called a TCM or a technical client manager, mm-hmm. which was similar to what I called earlier was a QRT manager, quick response, except the technical client manager handled projects of all size, but still handled them mm-hmm. from what, the, you know, the old saying, soup to nuts, right? right? Yeah. So so every, well, every, hey, we want to add five doors here and three cameras to, hey, we're building a new building and we want to have you design it and, you know, go to the architectural meetings, design meetings, and, and go through that, that entire design process. And so I got pretty much thrown into that, and not in a negative way, and I had good mentorship and good support along the way. But um, I did that for about <clears throat> three years with Mentor and Nike combined. Wow. And then Nike went through a massive, uh, uh, massive security enhancement plan. Um, that they actually said, hey, we want Steve out here full time. And I ended up being out at Nike sitting next to the director of security uh, for 10 years straight. (laughs) And that's that's all I did was manage uh, that business across the country. Uh, The bulk of it here, uh, you know, in Beaverton. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a a great experience for me. Um, uh, Learned a ton. I mean, just, you know, being involved with... Uh, Nike and and uh, the way they run their business and the way mm-hmm. they run their corporate uh, their corporate services business, which has turned into another acronym. But anyway, it was just a great experience. But that's I, I, how I got all my. All so my experience with Nike was, was I I went there a couple times and you know to do fire alarm work for them when I worked for Simplex, but mm-hmm. didn't really know much about their internal functions. I worked for Western States and they sent me out one time to a place, nondescript, a small little warehouse, that well. Would turn out not to be so small, but this just just nondescript. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. here. They didn't even tell me really that it was Nike. I didn't even know that. Okay. Showed up, same thing. Access control, very very tight security. Mm-hmm. Guy go, go there. I walk in the door and there was a there was a uh, like a Ducati or something like that, a motorcycle, really famous. And I went, wow, that's that's pretty cool. And all this famous stuff, and I said, I know which warehouse you're speaking yeah. of. I said, what <laughs> what is in this place? He goes, one of everything they've ever made, yeah. ever. Yeah. He goes, this is probably one of the tightest security places you're ever going to go into. And he yeah. did not lie. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was amazed. And so, yeah. so, so Nike has an entire archive of everything they've ever put together, which I just, I just wanted to add that in this podcast. If you didn't know, I'm not going to tell you where it's out. So don't come knock on my door. I don't even remember. <laughs> thank God. But that was, that was really something. So, you know, they always, they knew that their brand yeah. was something to, to behold. So they, they basically kept one of everything. He goes, one of everything. If there, if there was a Michael Jordan cutout, we have that yeah. in, every, in every version of it. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, 
you know, Nike uh, realized that they're they're going to have a pretty cool history yeah. when rubber meets the road down down the way. So that uh, I think they've done a good a good job at a lot of things, and that's that's one of them. Yeah. So you so, so. you you were right in the mix of it. You got to see this whole place just <clears throat> develop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went through, like I say, some just huge security enhancement projects out there, and um, of course, can't speak to any of the details. Sure. But uh, I gained a lot of experience, had some great times, um, and about. I want to say two two years ago now that kind of came to an end where I then moved into what ADT calls and what a lot of people call is the operations manager role, mm -hmm. what ADT calls the installation manager role, and really more appropriately just because service didn't ever report to the operations manager at ASG. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so an operations manager, you'd have that all those folks typically reporting to you. But um, after about a year of playing that role as the installation manager, um, they offered me uh, into their general manager training program. Oh, wow. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, you know, a lot of people worried about, uh, within our organization, um, about ADT, corporate, this, and, sure. you know, and, and those are all fair things to be concerned about, right? Um, but uh, the folks I've dealt with and all my experiences, I've never dealt with more down-to-earth folks, especially at a senior leadership level. I've never actually met uh, Mike McWilliams as our senior VP, and I just have never really run across a leader at that level, especially, mm -hmm. that is so in tune with the field and what's going on. No it's, kidding. Yeah, it's crazy. That's uh, really good to know. Yeah, it, it, you know, talk about a guy I'd love to have you get in and have a podcast with. The guy. Let's do it. I mean, be, you know, geez, if I, yeah, if I could ever, uh, uh, it'd be, probably be a pretty hard lift, but um, <laughs> just be, I mean, there's just wicked smart business sense wise, mm -hmm. but it's just so impressive that somebody at that that level, um, it, it, from a just his overall field knowledge uh, is just very impressive. Hmm. So the yeah. I, I find I, I found that the 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 CEO I worked for at my last company at Performance was was also really down to earth and and he yeah. hired really down to earth managers that were easy for me to work with. Um, we we hired a, a guy out of Siemens named Charles Hughes. I don't know if you know him or not. The name sounds really familiar. Yeah, uh, stellar, a really stellar guy to work for. And I met him at the airport. We were doing some work at the. We had just taken over the account at the airport for the fire alarm system. Okay. And uh, I watched him handle probably one of the toughest nuts I've ever seen. Mm. You know, I mean, one of the, not nuts as in crazy, just just a very tough nut to deal with. Sure. And uh, uh, he handled this situation, because uh, it got ugly real quick, and he handled it with such with such uh, poise, really, is the best word for it. I was like, whoa. And when the opportunity came, just, you know, to hire him as a general manager, I didn't even, I didn't even think twice. I said, yeah. I had, we had to have him. And, and I still would like to work for him. It just, and it's, it's just, you know, my life went a different direction. I, I have, I'm happy where I'm at, you know, because yeah. it's from my experience as a manager, I do okay. And they think that, you know, oh, you're a great manager and I may, I may be, but inside, you know, it was eating, it was eating me up yeah. to do that. And you know, you know how, how that can, that, that can <clears throat> eat at you. I, it resonates very well with me. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then, and so to, for me, I was like, huh, I could do this and, or I could go back and be a tech. And, and I, and I, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm 57. I, do I want to make that choice or not? And then I uh, looked at my wife and I said, I got to make the choice. And I made the choice to go Good back and be a technician. And, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm back in the groove, which is bizarre. Pretty cool I'm, feeling, though. It sounds yeah. Like. Oh my God! It was. I, yeah. I, I can't. I, I wish I could say I have bad days. I, I don't. You know. I just and and I and I 
I miss being a manager. I miss being in charge of stuff, but I also don't. Mm -hmm. Like there's a part of it where I just go, yeah, I can just shut everything off and and I buy I bicycle up to the hill too. So that so that kind of is oh a, wow yeah that's pretty cool a couple times a week yeah I obviously don't <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it, between that and between that and dietary changes for me uh, uh, I, I I can't I can't gain weight at this point so it's like <clears throat> you know I, I eat key, I do keto and a bunch of other bat squeeze so it's just it just works for me but I I do I do what I do appreciate though is 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 good managers and good leadership and it sounds like like this gentleman you're talking about has that yeah you know i've been fortunate um and through my entire career to have really good mentors i i i've never had a I, never i've never been in a position in the last 22 23 years that i didn't like my my boss mm -hmm. or i thought uh they did things unethical or i just so so you your total <clears throat> time in the industry is 23 years well, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm almost 43, and I started when I was 20, so yeah. So so I want everybody listening to this podcast to think about that. Because you started off at, at 23, right? I started so off at 20. At 20, 20. Yeah. it started yeah. off at 20, and you're a general manager at this at this point. I'm almost, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I turned 43 in June, June 26th, so yeah. I mean, going, yeah, going on 23 years. That's, that's, that's a damn good career. That's a really good. That's a really good set of moves. You know, in, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, tomorrow's promised to no one, right? <laughs> so uh, you got to like what I, I would say this to anybody out there. You know, whatever you're passionate in, go for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always, uh, I think, as people want to try to be better and, and try to learn how to be better humans. And if you're working at something, my philosophy always, always been is if you're, if you're sweeping, if you're sweep, a floor sweeper, mm -hmm. try to be the best floor sweeper. Right. You know, I don't know. That's just, that's been, I don't know if it was the way I was no. raised. It, it, um, I, no, that's, that's, that's good. I mean, that, that actually is, I, I had a chief. I, I so grew up in, in, in Southern California. I grew okay. up in, in most of my good years in, in Oceanside, California, and that's just south of Camp Pendleton. So everybody was a Marine around me. Everybody yeah. was a Marine. My yeah. old man was a Marine. The guy next to me was a Marine. His wife was a Marine. I was a whole nine yards. The guy down the street who I had never seen a house as dialed in as his was a Navy corpsman. He was a chief. Okay. And uh, it's chief or senior chief. Uh, and he, uh, I remember talking to him when I told him I was going to join. And he looked at me and goes, I'll give you, I'll give you one word of advice or one, one phrase. And he goes, whatever you do, do it better than anybody else, mm -hmm. and 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 always complete what you start, and you will do fine in the Navy. So I was in for about nine years, and and he 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 did not lie, he he was not lying at all. Like I could see immediately where where the rubber met met the road, you know. And mm -hmm. and uh, I I still hearken back. His name's Tom Hummel. Hummel. I still hearken back to him, and I think about it. And I and I even with 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 leading my own people, and and I still. In the journeyman, so I have an apprentice that I'm I'm teaching. Oh, cool! Um, and all my apprentices, I've always told them, I says, you know, I want, I don't want my apprentices to, eh, you know, I want you to be where I'm at in, you know, five or ten years. I want you to eclipse me for sure. And I want Absolutely. you, and that's a huge thing of mine yeah. to say. I don't want you to just, I don't want you to be okay, and I, and I certainly don't want to keep you down, but I want you to eclipse me, and I want to, you to do better things than me. For because sure. that's the only way we can we can make this trade. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and and you know it's uh, <clears throat> whether you know it or not. It, you know, I, t talking about gauge here. You know, um, 
my nephew, I was like, whether you know it, you know it or not, you fell into an industry that is just it's actually getting bigger, right? Because yeah. uh, as things uh, become, uh, as voltages come down, wattages come down, POE, everything associated with that, right? Uh, the industry is getting bigger, and it's just, I mean, we're not going to need less mm-hmm. security, you know, in the future. It's it's growing at a rate that we actually can't keep up with right now. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So it's a it's a great industry. I, I still have a lot of passion for it. Um, and you don't, and you do miss being a tech, but but at I the do. same point in time, you're providing technical assistance to the guys who need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that's one of the things I enjoy the most. Actually, still is uh, is still kind of getting my 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 hands dirty, so to speak. In that, Good. I love actually helping a technician troubleshoot through something. It, that was one of my real passions. Was actually troubleshooting. I, I probably mm-hmm. I never actually played a role as a service tech. Um, although as an installation tech, you have your own set of, you know, you still oh, yeah. troubleshoot, obviously. <laughs> you sure, you sure do. I, I probably would have enjoyed that. I think that's a cool role uh, simply just because you get to really build mm-hmm. sustainable, sticky relationships with clients, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going back and it's like, hey, Tom, hey, Bill, hey, Susie, whatever it may be. And you get you, you, you get to build a relationship, right? Yeah. And you get to feel good about what you're doing because you're providing a, a service to somebody that in theory, right, appreciates what you're doing and that mm-hmm. makes you feel good. So, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I, what I'm doing now, I enjoy uh, and uh, the pressure's there. And, uh, you know, anytime you're dealing with uh, people, there's a, there's a people dynamic to it. And that that uh, that can be um, an opportunity for growth. I'll put it. Yes, that it way. can. Yes. That 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 other adding people to the mix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you, you find that you find that entertaining. Do you gauge? Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> Is is the is the X factor that uh, I, um, I I didn't not like it as a manager. I mean, I knew that every time I showed up to work, there was going to be some brouhaha, something something terribly could happen, you know. And I I wound up firing a lot of folks and changing you know changing a lot of mm-hmm. of roles around. Um, and I I never really ever got used to that. I never really liked it, you know that like that. Well, gosh, I'm have to let you go. You know. Well, no, that's a horrible feeling. But you know? I do understand that that there's a time when it has to happen, and it a lot of times that that call was actually the right call to make, and the 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 fit isn't correct. If like if, if they if if someone's in a company and they're not really happy, they're not happy. Yeah. Like like go find a company where you're happy. Hundred percent agree. And 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 I know there's a lot of change. I know that folks are you know changing companies all the time. I mean, I've been through. You know, Simplex and OHSU and you know United Fire and Western States and performance and all that stuff. Um, but I've learned from every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I look at my time at United as as because that's when I left OHSU and went to United. It was boot camp. Like the guy who taught me sprinklers at United because mm-hmm. I'm a sprinkler guy too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He okay. he he was like okay. Uh, I you'll I'll be your apprentice. You'll teach me electrical stuff, and and I'll teach you sprinklers. And that's exactly what what he did. Very cool. And, yeah, yeah. I'd and, like to. I, that's an area I'd like to actually grow in is uh, both fire and sprinkler. Um, oh, sprinklers are. Uh, that's a whole other animal. Right? That's a whole other animal. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize it was a. We actually just joined that uh, apprenticeship program as of today. Really? So we were a, a certified trainer on the sprinkler side. With um, with. Uh, well, with, which, with which group? I'm trying to, uh, uh, ABC, ABC, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. ABC. Excellent. Uh, my, so 
Kevin Miller, who actually Tyler works for, Kevin mm -hmm. runs our fire operation and um, is, is leading that effort. Yeah. Um, but I, it's pretty cool. We're trying to grow that division. Well, ADT was ADT was was huge in sprinklers. I mean, when you when you look at old sprinkler systems, they are either Notifier or ADT. Okay. Almost almost exclusively, and and now you know Potter obviously is the big is the big player now. But but honestly, the oldest stuff, some of the oldest equipment was ADT. Interesting. Yeah. I, <clears> plunger I, I plunger type. Oh yeah, plunger type tamper switches. The whole. I mean, if I, now uh, you're dating yourself, good sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, Gary Youngberg, who I entered, you know, who worked for ADT for years, uh, he he was a yeah. I mean, they were a behemoth in that industry. Oh, okay. And uh, so they 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 weren't lying at all. Sprinklers are the thing about sprinklers is that, and I push I push electricians to learn sprinkler systems so that they're not afraid. It's just water in a pipe. It really, really is. It's just it's not that hard. But once you get to know all the different systems. And especially the pre-action systems and the dry pipe valves and and exactly. uh, all that all that stuff and you and you you've you've flooded something once you get that through your system <laughs> you get that out of your system once <laughs> you, everybody's you, gonna you make, do it once you make an off snap that you won't ever make again yeah. um, you know you trip a couple of dry pipe valves you, uh, you you we tripped on one time and it had 38 low points and it was just like oh my god we were going to be here for a month trying to trying to drain all these things down cuz you got to get all that water back out before it freezes again it's a whole it's a whole thing it's a whole different genre and i as much as i did sprinkler work and enjoy it i uh, i currently work with a couple of of really good sprinkler folks now and i help them watch it from a distance and go yeah i'll I, I'll, I'll do what I can. Like, as soon as they're done, I'll come and do your electrical stuff for you and, and <laughs> get all the tampers hooked up and, yeah. you know, make all that stuff happen. But I I, I, I am also glad I'm not twisting valves every day. You know, I, it was something I didn't know and I, and I feel good about. Sure. But it, the the more the more I did it, um, I, I did that in backflows and some other stuff too. The more I realized that, the, that, the, that everybody in this trade, the more experience you get doing stuff and learning it, it will it only helps you. It only helps you. For sure. You know? And I don't know anything about certain aspects of our trade. Like telecom, I don't I I I would I would be I would be silly for it to hire me to go out and do a telecom job. Right. I could I could probably stumble through it, but I but that's just not my forte. No, I agree with you. I mean, between uh, data networking, data cabling, I mean, there, there's an art to that. There's right? an art, total there, there's art an, to it. There's an art to different aspects of what we do, whether it's fire, access control, video, intercom, mm -hmm. um, audio, right? Some of the different things they're doing with audio, AV these days. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's why I say that there's not only is our low voltage, the low voltage industry a bit of a niche, you have niches within the niche. I agree. I agree. Um, and so it's just, uh, you know, and I think that part of it is, is that, you know, education, right? You don't, you don't go to high, when you're in high school, you don't go, what are you going to do when you grow up? I'm going to install access controls. You know, you, I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer, I'm going to be an electrician maybe. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, some of these just things aren't, aren't discussed. Um, and so it's, it's about exposure. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I'd like us to get a little bit better at. Uh, it's something we talked about at ASG, Aronson Security mm -hmm. Group, back in the day, is how are we going to get the messaging out to young folks that might want to think about doing something like what we do for a career? Because the industry needs smart, qualified, you know, eager, ambitious folks, right? I agree. And a lot of the time, again, like myself, I kind of fell into the industry. Gage fell, kind of fell into the industry. In fact... I remember when he called me when he was about, I think we were 19, and he said, yeah, I want to come. Can, I, can you get me a job? And I said, well, 
why don't you really think about it? And and if you're really serious, give me a call a year from now and we'll see. Hmm. And he did. He did. That That's really the story you think about that. of that. I, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe I, I've always wanted to be an electrician. So I'm going to I'm gonna maybe be an electrician. And he's like, access control is pretty sweet. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, I, said, awesome. I said the pay is relatively close. Yeah, he was it's like a lot easier. Yeah, he's he's like it's it's a lot safer, and you're basically gonna make the same amount of money. And I was like, sold, I guess. Yeah, let's do this. So it's it's funny. I told you. I I think I was telling you maybe just just prior to uh, starting the podcast here that I had gotten hired on at Selectron mm-hmm. uh, when I was 20 years old, and I they brought me on at 16 dollars an hour. Right. So roughly, what was it, 18 years later or something like yeah. that? He got hired on at Aronson Security Group for $16, $16 an hour. Damn. So, you know, not to get on a whole uh, yeah. tangent about inflation and just mm-hmm. how hard it is for a lot of these younger folks coming up right now between the cost of living and things like that. I mean, he's, you know, these guys, both these guys, Tyler and Gage, are doing great for themselves these days. But, um, it's just kind of crazy how the wages hadn't really kept pace. In it is the... bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 because and and when I and and when people, uh, when 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 I what, look at what a journeyman makes now, mm-hmm. like especially in like like a high voltage journeyman. I was talking to a guy the other day at, at like a gas station. I think on the way home from teaching, and uh, and he goes, he says, what do you you know what are you doing out here? I says, oh, I teach, and I'm just coming home. And I go, what do you teach? I says, oh, I teach you know electrical stuff. I a fire alarm and and you know a class called specialized controls that no one would really know about unless you're in this thing and he goes oh man he goes electricians that's pretty cool i says well we're we're electricians but we're low voltage electricians so we're all pretty much specialty electricians and he goes yeah i was talking to a guy and you know and and he was uh he was saying that the the union plays uh, pays all these dividends and all these things i said the union pays well i mean it's a it's a great gig it doesn't matter what whether whether you're union or non-union get in it you know For but sure. you're in a trade get yep. get into something where you're bending tin hanging sheetrock electrical plumbing something something that's tangible that can't be outsourced something is not going to get sent to bangladesh right because if you're sitting in front of a computer screen that's exactly where it's going to go and i'm not picking on bangladesh but it's going to go overseas because no. that's that's the that's the nature of the beast but by god if you can if you can put it on the wall or and you can program it and you have to be there to do it you, you know and, and then you've got a job that's that and and i and i i distinctly remember people talking about well our economy is going to turn into a service economy and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing and i'm like i don't know why it would be a bad thing if you're a service type person and I, it's right. all I've ever done. When I came out of the military, I fixed photocopiers for a couple of years. Okay. And I thought, well, I don't know if this is ever going to pay out. And I met some fantastic technicians there and got into Simplex as a time clock repair guy. Like they hired me to fix time clocks because I had a mechanical background of fixing photocopiers. I wasn't even using any of my electronic skills. I spent nine years in the Navy in electronic warfare and no one gave a rip. There was no way to tell anybody what that job did. Like, like they don't know what your electronic skills are. No one knew what electronic warfare is. They probably still don't. Right. So it's like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't prove it. You know. So like Call of Duty, like electronic warfare. I mean, now, now they would. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even the internet back then. I, mean, I remember when they, when Simplex, when Simplex gave me the test to see if I would be a technician for them. 
they asked me questions about DOS. Oh, wow. Disk operating system. And the guy goes, hey, you really know a lot about disk operating system. DOS. <laughs> I'm like, God, I hope so. Right. You know, I've been a, I was an early adopter of DOS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I was, it's funny because I, you look at it and you don't think, wow, you know, how the hell is that ever going to pay off for anybody? And I really did the time clock repair thing until, until the fire alarm guys said, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you come out of the warehouse and let's, let's go. See what you got. Let's go do something. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go teach you something. And they taught me how to do fire alarm, and I never looked back. The rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. And I, and I loved it. I just freaking loved it. Mavic, the, the more complicated and and more difficult, a lot of it got, and the system I'm working on now is is that, you know, yeah. and it's and it's and it goes everywhere, and so I, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's satisfying, and it pays well. And that's the key is that is that it's it's able to buy horses and and buy hay, which is my whole world when I'm not here. Oh, awesome! It, it, it's getting oh, eaten you up. Got a, and, you got a passion. <sighs> you got mul- so I actually have a you have a few. I mean, this is something I think you probably enjoy. This, yeah, talking. I mean, besides spending time with Gage and Tyler, I mean, <laughs> talking. Everybody who knows me is like, yeah, the boy can talk. He's got that part down. Well, I get this man a podcast. You've got your hands full over here with this guy. Oh, no, I, that is that is true. It's a good thing he's he's former Navy. That's not as good with that. <laughs> yeah, no, me and him are going to talk for another hour after this. So yes, sir. We you are. don't have to convince oh, him. He knows. Okay. So, okay. so as a so now ADT, the parent company of ADT is JCI, correct? No, no. So no, it's no. not. No, no, so no, maybe no. I've got my head completely. Yeah, ADT is ADT is independent. So no, what there is is there's there's ADT high volume slash residential. Okay. Right, uh, and then you have ADT commercial. Right, and so ADT commercial uh, went out and bought a bunch of companies. Right, one of the big acquisitions oh. was a company called Red Hawk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay the group up in Seattle. Three hundred plus million dollar. <clears throat> Acquisition, so itty, bitty, itty bitty concern. <laughs> yeah, right. But they 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 bought up a lot of uh, different companies. So I don't know if this is a, a, a good or, good or bad thing to say, but I kind of feel like ADT is what Convergent was twenty years ago. Okay. Um, because Convergent, right? Did they, yeah. they went out and bought companies and and you know uh, ended up merging them together through time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're kind of a, a billion dollar startup from from that perspective to a certain degree. Wow. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what, you know, what, with that said, uh, as much continuity there is, uh, th- throughout the country, but we've got mm-hmm. tons of room to grow for sure. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, I'm not going to paint, uh, you know, a, a rosy necessarily a, this complete rosy picture. I mean, but it, because it's hard to, to, to take, to have true continuity across an entire, you know, across the country when you have that many companies that are coming together, you're gonna to have certain areas of the country that are, are specialized in different things, right. but simply based on the need for the business in those certain areas, right? There's, you know, where we're out on the West Coast, there's a lot of tech companies, but we're in the Midwest necessarily, the, you know, the, the needs may be different, so therefore the, the skill sets may be different. And so the company is, is nationwide, ADT Commercials, mm-hmm. nationwide. So you Absolutely. could, you can, I mean, you're here local, but you could go up and go. Uh, absolutely yeah I can, and it happens all, all the time right so i mean don't get any ideas gage or tyler right uh <laughs> but no i and I, i'm kidding but I, but i'm not um but yeah no they absolutely could put in uh a request or apply for a position anywhere around the uh, around the country and have uh, you know that the company affords them that opportunity hmm. 
Billups, Montana. I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> but that, but that, no, but it, that, is, it is really, really cool that, that that opportunity is is actually there for folks and people leverage that opportunity. Right. So, sure. so I mean, you could you could get into ADT, for example, and get your licensing in Oregon, Washington, and decide, you know, I want to go, I want to go work in Nevada, or I want to go work in in Montana. Correct. Yep. Right. Which, Absolutely. Which is and 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 do that. Where versus working for a company that is like a mom and pa or smaller concern where you're going to be in Portland, you know, you're. Yeah. You're yeah. I mean, you, you obviously could still do the same thing, but you're going to have maybe a, a little bit harder. I, I don't even want to say the harder time, but um, you, you obviously have a bit of an in, right? When, mm -hmm. you, when you're applying within your own organization. So still. Um, and not only not only for what I'd say is where you might have a lot more leverage is applying for a job if you want to move. And I hate to use the term up necessarily because I like to think about the the top of the, you, you have your org chart in your company and you flip it upside down and those are the folks that are really actually out doing the work again the techs the engineers those mm -hmm. are the folks that that keep the company afloat and viable and keep our customers sticky, but uh, the yeah you do have opportunities to go into management I'll put it mm -hmm. that way and and sometimes it's harder it's easier to get into management within your own company versus applying for a management role outside of your company when you have no experience. True, interesting. What is it like when you when you when you advance though in your own company? Doesn't it feel awkward when you're now managing the people that you were checking with before? Yeah, yeah. It, it, um, you you have to make that transition, and you have mm -hmm. to set, start setting boundaries there um, because that can be difficult by all means, and depending on your personality and how you approach that, um, it, it it may not work. Because people can look at you from, you know, the same way, you know, as a peer versus as somebody that now is your direct. And, yeah. you know, you, you need to have, you know, I treat everybody I feel like the same. Uh, that's, that's my approach on things. Um, but there needs to be, I think, through an inherent level of respect and, and kind of respect mm -hmm. somewhat the chain of command. I, I try to. Um, but um, but you have a really good point that sometimes that can be difficult mm -hmm. to go from working with a bunch of your peers, now getting promoted, and those folks now reporting to you. Um, but usually, if those folks respect your uh, abilities and want you to do well, you're, you're, I would say you, you would usually be embraced <clears throat> um, along the way. I like that. I like that's a good way to put it. I, when I was in the military and I and I started making, uh, there's a, a distinction between E3 and E4. You become a petty officer as an E4. <clears throat> You're just a seaman as an E3. And I made E4 and the, the guy who went, basically was equal with me, didn't. Mm. And so I stepped on eggshells for a long time because I, I didn't want to upset the guy. And one time, one time it was on a Saturday, we were supposed to take the trash out off the ship we were on. It was <laughs> one, of the, one of the duties. You know how that goes, right? Yep. So I said, "Hey, uh, did, did you take the trash out?" And he just, he just, oh yes, sir, Mister Third Class Petty Officer. And it's just started giving me the riot act, man. And I looked at him and I went, "Okay, now it's an order." How's that working out for you? And man, it, it sure enough, on my, e yeah, on my eval, <laughs> on my eval, I got, I got as mean to subordinate as one of those kind of, uh, tick marks on my. Because he was friends with the LPO, one of those mm -hmm. kind of things, and, uh, and and but that was one of those life lessons I learned when I went. You know what? If I really am an E four, and you really are an E three, you are going to take the damn trash out. That's the way it's going to go. And you know, as I as I progressed, I eventually got to E six. I will, I and I was running people from time to time, and sometimes I'd run a small crew or a large crew. 
when I had it for a while, I had 30, 32 technicians working for me. I had five underlings. I had five people to run this. The, mm. I had five other petty officers to run it with. And it was in, in the military, it was super smooth. Like I found my experience in the Navy was was the the they taught you how to manage. They taught you leadership and management skills. Yeah. And yeah. they were not screwing around because you know, you know people's lives are on the line. Yep. And I applied what I learned from the military as I moved into my management positions and in and out of them. <clears throat> some good, some bad, you know, but it, it definitely, it definitely was, it, it definitely gave me the, the base level I needed to, to, to be good, you mm -hmm. know, but what the, it really did was the technical aspects were, were phenomenal. And the Navy, the Navy pounded into your skull, like how to troubleshoot. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the stuff they do would say, well, you don't start opening up equipment until you've already looked on the schematics and you've troubleshot on paper first. That's what you do first. You you think about where this problem is, look at it up in the schematics, run it by you you know your your fellow technicians before you start opening up cabinets and start taking measurements. And I thought, hmm, well that's kind of hard to do in this field necessarily because not everybody. You're yeah. certainly not going to have papers, you know. Oh, where's everything at here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on this access control system. Can you tell me where this wire goes? No. You know, yeah. and, and so you really can't apply that all the time, but you can apply the logic of what what is not happening here on the system that I can... Which a lot of people fail to do, and that's, you know, there's, believe it or not, there's the troubleshooting is a skill set that's not common sense. Uh, it might be for a very uh, select few, but... Um, it's a tough skill set to, to master, and you know, don't get me wrong, you're still always always growing mm -hmm. uh, in those areas. But so how uh, do you develop your technicians in, at, at ADT to? Well, <clears throat> it's a great question, actually, mm -hmm. and actually, I think it's an area of, of uh, opportunity for for growth for us. Um, and so, I mean, part of the opportunity, I mean, the growth right now is through through the apprenticeship program, mm -hmm. and in my mind, really pairing them with uh, really qualified uh, journeymen that have a desire and passion to want to to train and grow something yeah. somebody like yourself right you, yeah. you, you mentioned it you're treating your apprentice kind of like your kids you, mm -hmm. you you want them to be better than than you are absolutely right yeah. and so i think that that's part of it um but i think from a managerial perspective constantly checking in on what are you having the apprentice to do are you challenging them are you putting them in positions to in which uh very shortly in some cases they're going to need to be able to be in by themselves um, and I think oftentimes that, that that's probably an area of failure that uh, journeymen don't necessarily always take into account. They, for, and, and not, by, not for any, you know, not, not deliberately, mm -hmm. uh, it just may be their particular style um, and they may not want to push somebody along too far, for a variety of things. They, you know, you may have an apprentice that may not be that ambitious um, mm -hmm. and needs to be challenged and the journeyman may not be the challenging type and things like that. So I think from a managerial perspective, one area that I don't think I've done a good job at over the last, uh, I'd say I'm, I identified about a year ago that mm -hmm. I wasn't doing a good job at was really working with my team to make sure that they were challenging the apprentices in the right way so that they could grow. Nice. Um, so that's, that's excellent. Yeah. So it definitely was an area of, uh, of improvement um, that I, I think I recognized and I challenged my team with because 
you know, the apprentices are are, are the future, right? You right. want to grow really. I was an apprentice. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, everybody starts somewhere and everybody was something at one point in time and, and grows into whatever they choose to be. But um, having a good uh, mentor and leader is important. Well, I think um, I think uh, you hit it right on the head. And the fact that you self-actualized that and you said, hey, what, you know, I realize this. Turn around. Push it down on your on your folks to say, look, let's let's do this as a team. Let's figure out the next steps. You know, yeah. but make sure that you're my my apprentice. When I, I started working with them on, on this particular apprentice, um, I've I've showed them you know programming and and wiring and stuff like that. And um, the uh, couple couple of weeks ago, I said, okay, this 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 particular install is going to be you entirely. Like I'm not gonna do a thing. I'm gonna be your apprentice. Show me what I gotta do. There you go. And he never used me. I basically sat there with my arms folded and BSed with him the whole time as he did the job. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, we'll see, we'll see. And, and he didn't miss a beat. I mean, he didn't miss a beat. That's a good feeling. And and I went to have as the journeyman, right? Yeah. That's oh, a good yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. And so I got to challenge this guy even harder, you know? Yeah. So um, it's 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 you you know you've got a guy who's got his head together. When he's when he's picking up his tools and he's happy, he's got a big smile on his face, and and uh, I I couldn't be I couldn't be any happier with his apprentice. And I'm looking for the next one because we're gonna probably have another one come up, you know. Yeah, for sure. And of course, when this guy passes, he's gonna be responsible for yeah. training him, yeah. you know, and and along with me. So then he's got he's got two, and I I. Uh, uh, you know now the big now the big challenge for me is to is to get him up on the programming side, mm-hmm. and I haven't programmed on the system in years, so it's like I'm learning, he's learning, and every time I find something new, like come here, come here, check this <laughs> out, <laughs> look look at this, yeah. oh my god, you know, and and so and and I just I love to see him grow, and and the and the goal is 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 by the time I retire or do whatever it is that happens to me when I get to that point, I know I'm leaving. This place in good hands, which is and important. That's critical. Yeah, and that's yeah. all I'm looking for is yeah. is 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 the is the next guy gonna gonna pick up the torch and run with it as far as I did or further. And I work for one of my students, and I and my coordinator was was my my former apprentice and one of my students. Oh wow! So I'm like very cool. Yeah, and I have and I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, that's a great feeling to have. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just a it's a huge thing for me. I'm sorry. I thought, hi. <laughs> so um getting getting back to the you you done some some stuff at nike and uh uh and at uh legacy salmon creek and a few other places did you find when you're working at these larger accounts um that that how their structure like were you able to pick up things from their structure and use it to in in your in your current job meaning like like i worked at facebook at, at the at the facility at, at Facebook in Prineville and saw how they handled a lot of their stuff and learned and and picked up some things from them that I, I had never thought of. Did you find that happening at Nike or? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, I say this a lot, uh, life's based off a, a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And, and everybody sees things through their own lens uh, based on their own experiences. And I, I got to uh, be brought in as a, as a team member, almost as an employee at, uh, at Nike. So I definitely got to see things through the customer's lens. Okay. And there was a level of trust built there that was, uh, was pretty cool was pretty cool to where they trusted me uh, with, you know, the, again, almost as a Nike employee. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I trusted them and, and 
um, I think like you, I can just tell you, you know, you've got a lot of passion, a lot mm -hmm. of respect for the client. You care about what you do. You care about your customers at a deep level. And, and I, I did too. I do still, mm -hmm. um, which I think uh, is an important aspect of, of most industries, quite frankly, um, that if you really care about the customer, you care about what you do. I think most of the customers, you know, people, it's a relationship. Most industries are relationship-based industries. And mm -hmm. so... Uh, yeah, I picked up lots of things, um, but really just seeing things uh, through the customer's lens. So when a complaint would come in and, you know, you're listening to a service manager, an install manager, somebody complain, you're, oh, they don't understand. Well, here, so here's where they're coming from, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> and so when you can start to see things from different perspectives, um, you, you, you can be, I think, reasonable with, mm -hmm. with your approach um, in trying to accommodate, in some cases, uh, some difficult situations, which in our, in our industry and in general, right, not everything goes the way you want it to, despite everybody's <laughs> best efforts, right? right? right yeah. you, you made a comment earlier about uh, one of the guys that had dealt with a situation uh, with a lot of poise during a difficult time. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's part of the gig is a lot of what we do, most of what we do, even at a technician level, I really feel is based off of customer service, your ability to communicate well and, and generate a really good experience for the client and whoever mm -hmm. you're with, right? And Communication is a big part of that. That could be communication between you and your apprentice, you and your customer, the facility manager, uh, your project manager, your ability to communicate effectively within this business. And again, I think within uh, across the spectrum, probably with anything you do professionally, mm -hmm. communication skills, I'd say, are, are, are paramount. I think you're right. I think you're right. And a lot of the communications isn't isn't verbal communications. It can be nonverbal communications, like how you approach. Body language. Body language is huge. Yep, yep. across the board, you know. So um, how we communicate with people is uh, how, what I've, uh, I'm still learning mm -hmm. um, is important. So but anyway, yeah, that, that, those are some of the different things that I, I learned was really just seeing things from the customer's perspective um, as it relates to just how they run their business, but really what they're looking for from a partner, the things that they evaluate, um, and that most clients want to work with folks that are just that they like working with, which yeah. is not a hard concept to grasp, right? Right. It's just, uh, it's just and it and, seems and, simple, but right, right. But yeah. in in real life, it can be damn hard to 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 produce because it can. If, if your client's calling you and you and you can't get a technician there for whatever reason, and and you, I I had empathy for them. I mean, it, for you know, one of our clients was Kaiser. Kaiser's a hospital. It's an important hospital. Well, mm -hmm. You know, when they call, I'm like, I've got to stop what I've got to do, and I've got to get, I got to figure out how to get somebody there, or I'll go placehold if nothing else. And even even when it came to uh, uh, metrics, you know, measuring metrics on technicians, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. which people look at that and go, oh, you know, uh, I, I I as a manager, I looked at it and went, I don't really give a damn about the metrics. Like like my technicians doing what they're doing well, the metrics will show that. They will. Well, and, and I agree I, with you. And, and so, so I don't, I don't want to push metrics on these people, but at the same point in time, if you have a two-hour service call and you have a two-hour minimum, give the client two hours or or a, or a good facsimile thereof. If you fix the problem in ten minutes, do something else right. for thirty minutes to give the client at least the idea that you didn't show up. Put the battery back, you know, put the, put the lead back on the battery and go, ah, here's a sign here for my dollar and running back out the door. 
you know, tell them, work with them, figure out something else, label <clears throat> something, do something, but don't just run yeah. back out the door and go, ha ha, I, I, as a two hour minimum, I did this in 10 minutes, have a nice life. Right. You know, cause you can jam another call in. Right. Like, no, you, you want to leave the customer with a good experience. Yeah. Just as, just as you'd want to have when you go out and have a nice meal with your family. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's the way I court, try to court. Here's your French things. fries. Get out. It, it, well, <laughs> you go. A lot of people go back to places not based on the food's the best. They go back sometimes because the food's pretty good, but they have a good experience, whatever mm -hmm. that might be. So, um, I think a lot of things trans translate over, carry over to our to our professional lives, and you're, you know, it's just <clears throat> based on a variety of things. Mm -hmm. um, it, we're in, I think, a pretty tough business. Uh, uh, it's a good business, but but it's also it's a tough business. It's a big pie, but it can be split a lot of ways if you're not. You know, for sure. And I, I also, uh, in my experience with with uh, like service, we went to a we went to a restaurant. I won't mention the one. The uh, but the uh, the service was so stellar when I when it came time to give the guy a tip, I tipped him like like twenty five percent or something like that. That is a huge tip. It was one of the biggest tips. My wife was like, "Wow, you know, you lost your mind." I'm like, "No, this guy." You know, was was so careful to make sure that he didn't interrupt us when we were talking. I mean, it was everything about the way he did what he did made sure. him a, a service professional. I'm like, no, man, that's what that's the that's the tip you want to lay on the table. This is the guy I want training every other waiter in this place mm -hmm. to 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 handle the the and, and we just had a simple lunch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, um, in in this service industry, that that is really it. And since we don't, you know, we're not working for tips for crying out loud, we're, we're <clears> fixing people's stuff. I expect the same thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I think it's a it's a part of the industry that I think a lot of people miss on uh, and forget about is that a lot of what we do is based off of relationships. Yes, mm -hmm. you need to be able to uh, provide the right widget, uh, and you need to have a certain level of expertise for sure. But mm -hmm. I think if you build a certain level of trust with folks, um, people can sniff that out, uh, and you have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, a lot of good things can happen for you in this industry. I think communications is, I think you hit it right on the head. I think yep. communications is the key. And, yeah. and how you communicate, you know, if you don't say anything to the client or you're grumpy or whatever. You know. Or not being responsive, not mm -hmm. responding with a sense of urgency, you know, yeah. Uh, there's, there's, you can see, I can see, you can see the managerial part of your going, yeah, there's I, got a, I got all kind of stuff to go through. I just can't say I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But that, but that is, that is really key. And I, I think, uh, I think I, I do the, the whole, my whole, my whole, you know, spiel with, with my apprentices is, is, you know, focus on, focus on what you're doing here, but also, you know, be professional, man. Yes. Well, Steve, I super appreciate your time. Absolutely. What, I had a good time. Excellent interview. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share us with a friend the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.